Welcome to Following the Leaders, the Leadership Southern Indiana podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Rasmussen. I'm also the membership and engagement manager here at Leadership Southern Indiana. I'm very excited to be doing this podcast as it is one of the few things in my job that I would say I am extremely comfortable doing. I come from a uh, background in radio. I did uh, morning shows in uh, the Kentuckyana area for about 10 years. So this part of the job comes easy to me. Uh, I'm excited to be talking to our members. This is a members only perk to be on the podcast. So if you have not renewed your membership, just go to leadershipsi.org. It's all there. There's several other great perks, not just for the standard membership, but for Legacy Club as well. So I'm excited about all of those, but I'm excited because this gives me an opportunity to have conversations with our members. Leadership Southern Indiana has been around for 40 years. So that is a long span of people going through our programs and so much has changed over the 40 years. Paths to leadership leadership looks so much different now than they might have 20, 30, 40 years ago. Or maybe they don't. I don't know. We're going to explore that together. Hopefully, we'll get to know some familiar faces from Leadership Southern Indiana and maybe some not so familiar faces as well. So this is going to be a fun, exciting journey for me. I cannot wait to get started and uh I cannot wait to introduce you to our first guest. Let me roll out the long list of accolades that this person has. Uh, They are the executive director of the Greater Clark County Schools Educational Foundation, member of the Discover Class of 2020 and the Elevate Class of 2022, as well as this year's Leadership Southern Indiana Young Professional Award winner, Emily Oliver-Jones. Hello, Jesse. Thank you for having me. Super excited to be here today. I, uh, I've i also abbreviated you. To, you're just EOJ now. I'll take it. That's how you are on my phone. That's 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 how, because all the cool people, they get that just initial abbreviation. It kind of rhymes, and so I like it. EOJ. There you go. There you go. That's, that's how I have you in here. Uh, and I'm happy to have you on here because you're one of the first people that I met when I became a part of leadership. And I don't know if someone described you as this or if this was my description, but you are like the ultimate leadership Southern Indiana cheerleader. Oh, thank you. I like to uh, call myself the LSI fangirl. Yes. So, you know, I need an orange like cheerleading outfit with some pom-poms. We can make that happen. I might be doing cartwheels at our next meeting. (laughs) We can make that happen. But I'm just, I'm very excited to know the history behind that because anytime you meet someone who is just naturally that excited about an organization, there's a, there's, there's a story behind there. There always is. So I guess we'll start with your relationship to Southern Indiana. I'm assuming you're from here, but I don't like to always make those assumptions. So are you originally from here? So I grew up in Charlestown. I've been in Southern Indiana pretty much all my life. Mm -hmm. I graduated from Charlestown High School in the year of 2000. Okay. And also in the year 2000, I was crowned Miss Clark County. Woo! And so that is important to my story because... It was at the county fair yep. that I met my future husband. Oh. <laughs> and if that's not uh, redneck enough for you, four years later, he proposed to me at the county fair. Aww. But 4-H was a really big part of our family and continues to mm-hmm. be a big part of our family because we have a daughter now that's in 4-H. My husband, he is from New Washington, so okay. that is where my family lives and resides now. And often I'll have people say, you live all the way out there? And yes, I do. And I really wouldn't have it any other way because I love country living. 
living. There's just mm-hmm. something really peaceful about that. Well, that also says a lot about your um, all the things that you commit yourself to because you're involved with a lot of stuff, but a lot of it, I mean, it's a trek. Like when, I don't know that everybody realizes that like when you show up to a meeting, it's a trek. Yes, it probably takes about 35, 40 minutes to get to a meeting. And I am very strategic with my visits to town. As you should be. <laughs> so I'm picking up the click list order. I'm doing the, all the things that I need to do in town before I get back home for the evening. I mean, we don't even have pizza delivery out there. So I can't have a pizza. Whoa, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> if I want a pizza delivered to my house, I actually have to go and meet the pizza man. Wow. So what motivated you to come into town and be a part of Leadership Southern Indiana? Mark Eddy was at a Greater Clark County Schools event and he was speaking and I noticed that there were some LSI brochures on the mm-hmm. table. And so after he got done speaking, I went over and I picked up one of the brochures and I started reading about focus and mm-hmm. elevate and discover. And I kind of lit up inside because when I was in school, my favorite things to be a part of were the student council. Mm-hmm. I was president of my class. I can remember going to leadership's camps in the summer. And so I had opened this brochure to pretty much the adult version of student council. Like I wanted to be a part of it. I mean, you're not wrong in some ways. That's that's totally accurate. So and you were hooked. Yes. And that's when I signed up for Discover. I actually went over to Mark Eddy that day and I, and I said, I'm signing up for Discover. And he's like, uh, okay. And I did. So that's how it all started. And then as you mentioned earlier, I was a part of Elevate. And so I just have focus to check off my LSI bucket list. I mean, usually most people start with focus and then, and then gravitate but you're, you're going backwards. That's okay. I just went all in. <laughs> right, right. I we're just, Right now we're working on um, awarding those people that have gone through all three. It's kind of like the leadership EGOT kind of thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So we're, we're, we're working on that. So if you go back and, and get focus, uh-huh. we'll, we'll make sure that you're on that It's that in list. my future. Okay. <laughs> all right. So what was your, so you started with Discover. You were in the 2020 class. Yep. Okay. Best well, we class all, ever. Eh, I don't know. I'm in the 23 class. <laughs> uh, we have something to say about that. Uh, probably Probably most resilient class ever, though, because, yes. you know, that was a discover that right smack in the middle of a pandemic. So what was that discover experience like? I imagine it is probably the most unique discover class experience out of all the leadership classes. It was very unique because we started the first four to five months normal and then midway through we had to adapt. And so I want to give a shout out to LSI because in that moment when our world was going crazy, they figured out a way to virtually still bring up us discover. And so while all of it may not have been ideal or with the original plan, they mm-hmm. still made it work. And it, I think that's kind of what leadership's all about, right? Mm-hmm. Adapting and making things work. Absolutely. But having done discover and elevate, what would you say, what are the different experiences like? Because they're very different classes. Yes. So discover is kind of what I like to call an adult field trip. Right? Right. We love saying that. And who doesn't love a field trip? Mm-hmm. But what I was amazed about discover is that even though I lived in Southern Indiana all my life, there were things that I had have seen or, or saw and discovered that I never even knew were there. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting. But I think really what I took away from Discover were new relationships and friends. Absolutely. And I love going to like community events and seeing those people there and reminiscing and, and just connecting in different ways other than our Discover program. Elevate is a little bit more focused. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at specific topics and more about you versus looking at our community. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's more I, I guess it's more internal. It's about you as a leader. Yeah. I also I want to kind of backtrack a little bit because you did hit on something that I, I think is very interesting. You have always gravitated toward 
leadership groups. Uh, you talk about like student council, things like that. Like, have you always had this natural sort of inclination like, oh, I want to be a part of this group. Oh, please let me take on this leadership role. I want to do this. Has that been natural or did that progress over time? Where do you think that comes from? So I think that when we're born, God gives us all some gifts mm -hmm. and they are natural gifts. You know, when I look at you, Jesse, I think you have the gift of humor. You have the gift of speaking. Mm -hmm. You have the gift of horrible dad jokes. Sorry, I had to throw that one in. <laughs> it falls in the category of humor. But um, God gave me the gift of voice, which allows me to speak up. And whether that's encouraging someone or if that's speaking up because we need a solution for something or speaking up for someone that maybe can't speak up for themselves. Mm -hmm. And so I, I do. I believe that some of the leadership traits that I have, I was born with. But I also feel like I have strengthened some of my leadership skills that I maybe wasn't born with. Mm -hmm. So do you think leaders, this is always a question that I like to ask people. Do you think, are you of the ilk that leaders are born or leaders are created? So I am going to cheat here. I'm actually going to say are. both, both, because going back to, I really truly believe that we're all born with something special, but we're also, we can also be created. And so I think sometimes it's really important for leaders to stand beside leaders and bring out the leadership skills in other people. So we can do that by encouraging, mm -hmm. or maybe you see a gift in someone that they just don't know how to confidently use. And so we go and we encourage that person to use it. And then we're growing that mm -hmm. leader. This is a question that I ask because I have my own answer to it. But do you consider yourself a leader? Like you look in the mirror and you go, I, Emily Oliver Jones, am a leader. So I would hope that individuals would look at me and believe that I'm a leader. I try to use the gifts that I've been given mm -hmm. and use them fully in the roles that I've been called to to serve in. And so, yes, I am going to confidently tell you today, Jesse, that I am a leader. See, I don't think that about myself. <laughs> I that's what that's why I always like to ask. Now I have recognized that I am in leadership roles. Um, you know, I was on the radio for 10 years, so I would never argue with someone that's like, well, you're kind of a role model. I'm like, I'm not going to argue with you. It's not always my intent, but I am in that position. But I, I, I don't think I've ever looked at myself and said, Jesse, you're a leader. <laughs> well, I think you're a leader. Absolutely. And I feel like there's this stigma that sometimes we can't say positive things about ourselves. And we really yeah. need to break that because mm -hmm. you should be able to say confidently, yes, I'm a leader and mm -hmm. I'm a leader because. Yeah. And I think sometimes the perception is that the leader can only be the top person and mm -hmm. it shouldn't be that way. We have to have leaders all throughout our organizations and our businesses so that we can be successful. So how did all of this kind of lead you to where you're at now? I mean, we've talked about how you were kind of led to, or you found leadership, but like, how did you find yourself at your current nonprofit job that you are rocking, by the way? Oh, thank you. Uh, how did, how did that come about? How did this desire for leadership and to take on these challenges, how did that lead to where you're at now? Well, and not to skip ahead, but I know that you're also going to ask me if I had any stumbles and I'm, got, I'm actually going to include that in this answer because Perfect. a big part of my leadership journey has come from a stumble. Mm -hmm. So I successfully dropped out of college and there was a time in my life where I couldn't sit here and say that without embarrassment. And so I, I struggled with that for a very long time. And I think our society, we get to see everybody's highlight reels, right? Social that's, media. That's all social media is. It's the done best stuff us. you want about people to know about you. And I'm guilty. I like to post my exciting moments. No one, no one goes on social media and goes, how can I advertise my biggest insecurities, my biggest failures? <laughs> it's, it's human. 
human nature. We need to be better at that. We should probably start a movement on what's those real raw moments that just make you so angry. We'll start our own social media platform <laughs> called Blunder. <laughs> but um, yes, I did have a stumble along the path and that was that I didn't complete my college education. And I had a turning point in my life and that was actually when I interviewed for the current role that I am in now. And uh, my faith is very important to me. Mm-hmm. And so I had prayed a lot about this position and I knew that God was calling me to it and he wanted me here. And I can remember sitting in the interview room and the superintendent at the time, he looked at me and he said, is there anything else you want to share with us? And I took all the courage that I had in my body and I said, actually, there is. I said, I know that if you lined all the candidates that you're interviewing up for this job, their papers, their resume out on this interview table, mine's probably not the one you're going to pick. But I refuse to leave here today being defined by a piece of paper. I am worthy of this position. I have grit and determination. And I went on and shared with them three leadership experiences that I had where I took nothing and I turned it into something. And I left there that day with a job. Nice! But I also left there that day surrendering something that... I had held on to for so long that was hindering me from being who I was called to be. So I'm very convinced that God has a sense of humor (laughs) because he took this college dropout and he said, hey girl, I'm going to put you in a job that you're going to serve educators and education. I'm like, okay, I'm here for it. So yeah, I I have stumbled along the way, but I have overcome and I will confidently share my story from here on out, whoever will listen. Well, you know, I think that, you know, we all learn in different ways. And sometimes, sometimes we have to take kind of a backdoor approach to learn some things about ourselves. And I believe that we as a society have to be more accepting of failure. I hate the term failure is not an option. Failure is always an option. Now, what you do after that, that is the determining factor. But we, we just take out all the opportunities for people to fail and no one learns anything through success. Right. You just don't. You learn your biggest lessons through failures. And what you do with them determines whether that was genuinely a failure or not. And so I, I love I love that story because you said this is not going to define me. Mm-hmm. Now, how long have you been in your role as executive director of the Greater Clark County Schools Educational Foundation, which is so long to say? Oh, yeah. And then throw my name into that. Emily Oliver yeah. Jones. And it's super long. So I mean, the- Rasmussen's my last name. So I, I understand that. I'm starting my fifth year. I'm happier than ever in what I get to do and wake up and get to do every day serving the people of Greater Clark students and teachers. I do want to share with you also that since my college dropout days, I have gone to the IUPUI, Lilly School mm-hmm. of Philanthropy, the fundraising school. Yeah. And so I've just done that over the past couple years, and I'm working on getting my certificate in fundraising management, and I'm pretty proud of that. You should be. I mean, that's an investment in yourself. Yeah. So that's awesome. And the classes are really fun. I haven't thought about skipping any of them, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're you're probably in a, in a much better headspace. You're, be, you're definitely much more mature. And you're surrounded by educators now too. So I'm sure you have a lot of resources that if you need a little bit of a push to continue on, I'm sure there's plenty (laughs) of people out there that would give it to you. That's right. That's awesome. And a couple other things I want to touch on, uh, and it ties directly into your role. Some of your more recent successes, because this teacher supply bus that you, that you do is it's amazing. I'm married to an educator, so I'm a little biased, but it's so cool. And I hear such 
excitement about it. Like, where did that idea come from? So when I first started at the Education Foundation, it was really important to me to make sure that I understood our people. And so that a lot of conversations. And I just started talking to teachers and I said, hey, how can we help you? What do you need? And I think I was expecting this big grand thing. And oh, when yeah. they just said pencils and markers, I'm like, oh, wait, what? And I went back to my board and I said, look, these teachers are spending money out of their own pocket every year, lots of money out of their own pocket. Yep. This is a need. We have got to help them. So I did a little research and I found a teacher warehouse. We have one in Indianapolis. There's one in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm like, well, I'm only a staff of one. How can I make this work? What if we made it mobile? So I spent about a half a year looking for a bus and then uh, Greater Clark School District, always very supportive of what we're doing at our foundation. They said, here, Emily, here's a bus. And so it began. Gutted that thing out. We put some racks in there. We've got, uh, have engaged a lot of our community partners to collect supplies, monetary sponsors and I love driving that thing up to schools <laughs> and those teachers running out and be like yeah let's go get some pencils oh, it's just oh, pure joy back to school time watching my wife walk through the the te- the school supply aisle it's 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 annoyingly like because she's just Does so she bubbly the paper oh she loves it she's yeah. like she's like Ooh, it's a thing it's a pack of ticonderoga yes if you say that they are like doing cartwheels it's a, but it just shows you it shows you the need of of how much they need these things. Absolutely. And I think as a leader to, to kind of bring that back a little bit, you know, there, there's two things there. One, you listen. And as someone who spent the, a good chunk of their life talking, mm-hmm. I have been learning the importance of listening. So you listen, but also the importance of being, not being afraid to express what you need. I think that's, there's also that fear there of like, well, what do you need? What do you need? Oh, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. Don't, no, 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 no. I'm good. Yeah, kind of reminds you like when you're going out to eat on the weekends with your spouse. Oh, yes. Why can't anybody make a decision? Oh, the, where do you want to go? That is that and what's for dinner are like the worst, worst conversations in my house. Tell me a little bit about this collaboration between you and my Discover classmate, Tish Frederick, uh, and her nonprofit, Baya, which is beautiful as you are. I got to see the preview of the presentation beforehand. And when I found out that you all got the award, I was not surprised. Well, first, I have to give a shout out to Impact 100 Southern Indiana. If you are listening to this and you are not familiar with the work that these members are doing of this organization, please go check them out. But their members give a thousand dollars and collectively they raise a large lump sum of money. This year was their largest year ever, $116,000. You go through a very competitive process to be chosen as a top three. And then after the top three, you have to pitch your idea to the members and then they get to vote. And so we had some candidates up against us that had amazing ideas. I wish all three of us could have won that night. But Tish, if you have not heard of Bea, beautiful as you are, there is a Bea Center in Clarksville. She has a, a g- amazing story. Follow mm-hmm. her on social media, but she's doing such impactful work in our community to help bring up young, strong, confident women. And so our pitch to Impact 100 was that we would like to put Bea programming in all the greater Clark middle schools and high schools. And they agreed. They wanted it in there too. So we start that work in January. Our teachers, our counselors, our students are so excited and 
I'm a little excited as well. I mean, you should be. This was this was so a phenomenal. You're kind of. I feel like you're kind of underselling it because I think this is going to be very impactful. Uh, so so first off, uh, if you're not familiar with Bea, it is a uh, a nonprofit. Again, beautiful as you are. Uh, and I'm gonna please look. Go to BeaCorp.org to to find out more. But it essentially works with young women to teach them to be proud of and excited about who they are, not who social media wants them to be or society says they should be, but who they are as individuals. And uh, it's very empowering. But the other thing that's really exciting about what you all did and is very smart is you found a way to make the programming in schools sustainable so that, you know, when budgets start coming up and, and you know, the question of, well, can we continue to fund this? No, you guys were able to do something very impactful and lasting, which is so cool to see that come out of this collaboration between you. I agree with you 100%. If I had just a big lump sum of money that I could just throw somewhere at Greater Clark County Schools, it would be providing more counselors for mm-hmm. our schools. There are so many mental health issues and our our counselors could totally use extra people to help them. So yes, I agree with you. This this BEA piece is going to help with some of those issues that those students are faced with every day. Mm-hmm. And so it's a small piece, but yeah, there's still more room where people could help in that area. And, and really at all schools, not just Greater Clark. Absolutely. I love the collaborative leadership. That is, that is a big piece here at Leadership Southern Indiana. And so I love that you all weren't even in the same class. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of relationships built within class years. And mm-hmm. one of my jobs as in in the membership role is to try to build those relationships between class years. So when I saw that, I was like, we have got to talk about this. (laughs) I had nothing to do with it, but I like, you know, but I'm like, see, it it is working. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. I was, I had been eyeing Tish from afar and watching all the amazing work that she has been doing. And one of our mutual friends, Josh Kornberg, him and I were at a golf outing and I'm like, hey, I think I want to apply for this Impact 100 grant. And I would really like to get Bea in our schools. Do you think Tish would want to apply with me? He's like, absolutely. So that is where that relationship formed. And it was an instant friendship. And I have made a new best friend out of that whole situation. You all are so cute together, by Uh, the way. thank you. We call each other sisters from another mister, but um, we were too much alike. It's kind of scary. What's next for you? Personally, we're going to go short term here. And this weekend, my husband and my daughter and I are traveling to a pig show, which is a, which is another podcast for another day. But that's above my pay grade. That's what the Joneses do for fun as a hobby. Uh, what's next for our foundation is obviously we are getting the Bay of Programming into all of our Greater Clark County schools in January, but also we are preparing for our largest fundraising event called Champions for Children, where we gather together to celebrate some of Greater Clark's finest people from our alumni of the years to business, nonprofit, teacher, principal. And so, yeah, it's a good time. It's a it's a good party, too. It's a good party. We we were uh, fortunate enough to go last year. And actually, you gave us an award. So yes. I don't, I'm not saying it was a reciprocal thing. You gave us an award and then we give you an award. <laughs> we but, just swapped. You know, but, you know. No, they're, not they're, at all. No. Leadership Southern Indiana has done great work in our Greater Clark County Schools through the Next Gen program. But also you have worked with so many of our leaders or so many of our teachers have been in your program. Yeah, uh, Greater Clark Community Schools is, uh, I I brag on them to 
my wife, who's not in that school system all the time. I'm like, you know, we have a lot of teachers that go through. We have a lot of principals. We are, are a part of the academies program. We did some training for them, which personally for me was very uh, intimidating. I have I have spoken to hundreds of thousands of people. You get me in a room of like 10 teenagers and I break out in a flop sweat. <laughs> uh, I don't know what I'm doing, uh, but it was a great experience for me personally. I got to enjoy that and got to got to hear some of the, the cool things going on. Greater Clark loves the work that Leadership Southern Indiana has done for us. And so you all were 100% deserving of that honor last year. Well, I say stop. I had nothing to do with anything before that because I was new, but I was happy you to gotta accept carry the it award. On. You got to keep that momentum. <laughs> no pressure. All right, Emily. So where can people go to support your work? Um, not just with the Educational Foundation, but if they want to support what you and Tish are doing. Yeah. So the way that you can support our Education Foundation, one of the best ways is follow the social media page. We're most active on the Facebook account, which is Greater Clark Education Foundation. Follow us there. There's also a giving link there that you could always make a donation. Our most neediest times, I guess I could say, is in June and July. We're always seeking businesses, organizations, churches to host supply drives. And so if that interests you and you want to be a part of our teacher supply bus, please reach out through that social media page and we would love to get you involved with that. As far as Bea is concerned, Tish is always looking for volunteers mm-hmm. to volunteer at the Bea Center, but we will also be looking for volunteers who maybe want to become instructors in the future to help us with these programming in the schools as Bea continues to grow. Thank you so much, Emily, for being here. Uh, if you enjoyed listening to Emily Oliver-Jones, a strong leader in our community uh, and who happens to be also a strong female uh, leader in our community, well, then you'll love our breakfast series, which is coming up February 7th and 8th at the Hoosier Room at IU Southeast. Uh, the theme this year is women in leadership. And we're doing a special focus on women who are in leadership positions in typically male-dominated industries. So February 7th is going to be a panel discussion featuring Cynthia Collier, President and CEO of Mr. P Express, Jessica Young, team member, President and CEO of Simtech Inc. and Subsidies, and uh, we've got Leah Driver, CPA, CFO, Axiom Financial Strategies Group, Axiom also the sponsor of our breakfast series. Uh, and then we're also super excited about our moderator for this panel, who is another strong female leader in a male-driven industry, Angie Fenton, CEO of Express. Stole Media. So she's going to be the moderator for our February 7th breakfast series. And then March 7th, we've got Heather Jackson, uh, CEO of Vision 3, and she's going to share three lessons learned as a woman in a male-dominated industry. So obviously, you do not want to miss either session. I get a special discount if you purchase tickets to both of these sessions on our website, leadershipsi.org. Uh, we've got a membership discount too. So if you're up with your uh, Leadership Southern Indiana membership dues, uh, you're welcome to take advantage of that. And don't forget too, if you're a Legacy Club member, you your tickets are included in that donation as well. So uh, if you've got any questions, easiest way to get to uh, get to me, info at leadershipsi.org. And uh, remember too, breakfast is included in those tickets. So come hungry, not just for knowledge, but for food as well. Please do me a favor. This is a new podcast. So wherever you're listening to it, uh, rate, review it, all of that good stuff so we can get more people listening to it. If you would like to be featured on uh, following the leaders, it is a perk of Leadership Southern Indiana members. So if you're not really sure where you're at or you know, hey, I need to renew my Leadership Southern Indiana membership, it's pretty easy. Just go to leadershipsi.org. All the info is up there and you can get a hold of us that way as well. And uh, thank you. Thank you so much, Emily Oliver-Jones, for being my first guest on this podcast. Thank yeah. you. I feel so special to be chosen as the first. So, uh, well, you were, you were the Hopefully guinea pig. people will listen. You were, you were the guinea pig. So <laughs> I, was, I was like, well, if I make a mistake, Emily's going to be the, less, the least judgmental if person. If this bombs, we'll just bomb together. 
together, baby. Woo! Woo!